up, kings and queens? It is your girl, Ashley Denise. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Safe, Sanctified, and Still Trying to Get It Together. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the overall message of Safe, Sanctified, and Still Trying to Get It Together is that wherever you are on your journey, getting to know Christ or making him your personal savior, when your intentions are pure, you are pleasing in God's eyes. Again, when your intentions are pure, that's P-U-R-E, you are pleasing in God's eyes. Welcome, 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 welcome back to episode two, season two, really excited. I just want to shout everybody out who has supported me already with my satin line beanies. I have a website coming, guys. Keep me in prayer. I'm trying to get it together with y'all. But thus far, you guys have been so supportive. Happy Black History Month. Happy Month of Love. I hope that each and every one of you have felt if not love from an intimate partner, from the most intimate partner that we'll have, which is God. His love is unconditional and it does not come with any exclusions, okay? And with all of that being said, episode two is going to explore S-E-X. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about celibacy. I have brought in a social work brother of mine who has been on this journey with his partner and their story is nothing but intentional. So I do hope that you guys get some gems, that you guys enjoy, get your pen, get your pad, turn me up on your speaker because it is about to get real. And remember, we are getting it together together. Peace. What's up, kings and queens? It is your girl, Ashley Denise. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of Safe Sanctified and Still Trying to Get It Together. You have already heard the mission if you started from the beginning. Um, and I just want to really jump into this hot topic. I feel like a little bit of a Christian Wendy Williams because these last couple of episodes have been spicy. Um, and so today I have a social work a partner with me in the building. We met back in grad school, reconnected almost a year ago now um, at a social work conference. And I've always admired his uh, journey with his partner. And so I think that he is the ideal candidate for celibacy, um, especially when it comes to I don't know, relationships, building relationships with God and building relationships with the people that we believe God has um, made for us. So I'll allow him to introduce himself and then we are going to hop in into the meat and potatoes of celibacy. Take it away. Um, <laughs> well, first and foremost, I don't think that I'm like the standard of the person that... uh can speak on the topic, but it is something that was an integral part of my my wife and I's relationship. So I'm just providing um, any insight that I can from that perspective. But as you mentioned, um, we go back to grad school and we both pursuing our master's in social work at Fordham University. Um, And since I've become a fully licensed clinical social worker, um, so I'm a therapist, life coach, and therapeutic mentor for Elevated Change Solutions. My um, currently my private practice where I provide mental and emotional well-being services um, in that capacity. And that's, that's pretty much myself, Johnny Alexander. Yeah. 
Come on, congratulations. Okay, with that C, private practice, Poppy. All right. I'm trying, I'm trying. That is a big deal in the social rec community if y'all do not know, okay? I'm trying to get where he at right now. Um, yes, congratulations. Wow, that's so good. That's so good. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Where do I start? So some of you guys know, some of you guys don't know. So I recently uh, got engaged and super exciting, but also super nerve wracking because I never asked for God to prepare me to be a wife. Um, and I make that very clear um, when I talk to people because I've even asked God to prepare me for motherhood and never to be a wife. Um, and that's on me valuing myself and making myself worthy of that. And so celibacy was a big part of that build up to our engagement because that was something that I sprung onto him and he kind of wasn't ready to receive it. So my first question to you was what was that celibacy journey? Was there a period of you guys being intimate and then stopping or were you guys full on, we're not doing this? Nah, I mean, there was there was a good portion within, um, within our relationship where we definitely were intimate beforehand. Um, just to put it into context, I think we both were in our mid-20s. My wife was 25 at the time. I was 26. Um, and so it was, uh, you know, part of the early part of our relationship. Uh, but as time went by, and I think as we both were making transitions uh, um, in life of, of who we envisions ourselves to be and who we prided ourselves on wanting to be, um, you know, that kind of changed our trajectory where we became really intentional with, um, you know, our journey as, as a couple and as individuals. And so that just became, um, you know, another addition into that particular journey of like, okay, well, um, you know, what are we doing? What does this look like? And, and, and you know, what are we looking for in the future? Um, you know, you have conversations about marriage and, and, and what that might look like. And so that was like the transition into that to where um, it was more about understanding intimacy um, without intercourse, I guess you can say. So I'm, I'm listening to you and it sounds like you guys both didn't struggle. Were there, I guess the question is, were there any struggles with the initial like onset of celibacy was there like any temptations were there was there a time when you wanted it and then she didn't like how did that work out how did that play out for you guys i mean in, in every aspect of the struggle that you can think of it happened um number one is not a, a common nor easy conversation to have especially when you know you're young and at your the height of um we say like you're at your sexual peak um that and it's and, you know it within our generation age range like we felt like that was a prerequisite to be in a relationship and so of course the transition was hard when it came to temptation and, and things of that sort because um you know you have to you have to relearn or unlearn you know certain behavior and um I don't think it's a, it's an easy conversation to have, number one, so it wasn't. 
Um, and of course, there was times where, you know, temptation was was full fledged on and on and also in connect and conjunction with the fact that my wife and I basically had kind of like a a long distance relationship, not long like statewide, but like she was living in um, New Jersey, I was staying in upstate New York. And so even when it come to how we spent time, it had to be intentional. And I think that's where even the 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 option of being celibate came in because then, you know, intercourse became more of an obligation instead of something that you felt within the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, well, I haven't seen you in a minute. And so I guess this is what we're supposed to do, but um, you know, the act of intercourse is, is, is um, more than just a physical act, but it's, you know, mental, emotional. Um, and once you start becoming in tune with your body and understand what that is and what that feels like, um, when it becomes a chore, it takes the joy out of it to begin with. Um, and so, again, you kind of had to like unlearn some things and, and learn a, a higher level of discipline um, that you didn't have before. And with, you know, becoming discipline, there's a, uh, you know, a lot of things that are factored into that being the fact that we're all imperfect sinners, right? Or at least that's how I deem myself. Um, mm-hmm. So life is constantly a battle of right and wrong from a general standpoint but then you know the higher spiritual sense of um constantly thinking (laughs) what would jesus do in this moment um and so that's all part of the process as you make that transition of unlearning relearning um and also just maintaining relationship um after removing something that we've all kind of been taught to be a prerequisite of what a relationship should look like um in, in that sense, if that, if that answers your question. It does. The follow-up question that I have is for you to, for somebody who is asking, I want to, I want to be celibate and I'm with my partner and I've introduced the idea to my partner and they are absolutely not with it. Do you advise this person to then like leave or like, just accept the fact that this is a prerequisite for relationships according to society and, you know, dwell in it. What is that? What, what advice do you give to somebody um, in that aspect? So as you know, first and foremost, as a licensed clinician, I do not provide advice, um, but I can only speak from my means of experience that forget the specifics of the intercourse, right? If you think about factors in which maintain a relationship, it's, um, you know, important aspect of open communication and and understanding and setting boundaries. Um, And I think that all comes under the, you know, the the general understanding of respect for your partner, right? Um, And so if we don't make it seem so complicated in the ask. And what if it was another boundary that you had that was a no-go? Um, I don't like kissing in public or, um, you know, understanding one's love language, for instance. And, um, you know, I think we all should have our red flags or um you know, we're entitled to our preferences and again the emphasis on having boundaries and so if the partner comes to you and saying like um you know i want control over my body so therefore i feel like i want to be celibate and at least until marriage then that's their right and i think um 
for me, I'm a big com- proponent of, of integrity. So I think that you can let the, um, you should let your partner then make a choice based on the communication that was said. Um, so number one, and you, if you're the person proposing going celibate for, um, for whatever reason, um, I don't even think you need a reason to do so, whether it's spiritual or biblical, I think that we need to put more emphasis on, um, you know, having or, or allowing each other bodies. Um, and so if I say that I want to share my body with you right now, for whatever reason, I don't even owe you an explanation of what you choose to do with that is on you. So I wouldn't invite someone to um, end the relationship per se, but if that's a deal breaker, it's a deal breaker. Um, I think I might've mentioned this, you know, one time before, but I like the concept that relationships are cyclical um, and whether friendship or, you know, uh, intimate relationship they're cyclical because you know you go through your honeymoon phase and it's like the the maintenance and then typically where relationships get challenged is the point of um it's the point of conflict and so um this is kind of one of those things where okay now we've come to um this point of quote-unquote conflict where um i may have never considered the option of celibacy or um, I never thought about it in that in that situation where you're someone who's like, nah, that's not. Um, I, I need to taste the milk before I buy the cow. Mm-hmm. Um, then you might say, you know what, this is not going to work for me, or that's not a necessary deal breaker, and we can see what happened from here. Because I don't even think that um, you have to use marriage as the preferable option. What if a person just says, like, you know, uh, for right now, I want to be celibate indefinitely until. Um, I feel that I'm ready or it's the right time, whether that looks like marriage or not, you need to respect that person's boundary and the right to do so. Um, and the onus falls on you if you want to continue to move forward or not. Hmm. That's powerful. And that leads me to think about the first time that I found out about your, your journey. And I remember listening to your story and I was just like, okay, So this is possible, like for somebody to wait until marriage. And I remember you saying, you know, I know I'm going to marry her. So it's no issue for me to respect her, her wishes in that aspect. Right. And my next question is kind of like to clear up. And I don't think either one of us may have an answer for this, because like you said, for me personally, is is more so like a biblical spiritual thing and so it's like i'm doing this because i know that god is going to create sex to be this god created sex so it's nothing wrong with it it's just a way to to practice it underneath a particular covenant underneath his covenant and so my my question is leaving me right now very transparently um okay it came back do you feel like practicing celibacy strengthen your relationship or strengthens relationships or your marriage and I'm not yeah so do you feel like it strengthened your marriage not so much your relationship like the process of it but like do you feel like practicing that in your relationship strengthen your marriage um most definitely but I think to broaden the perspective of intentionality when dating someone at a certain phase in your life um strengthens a relationship because you address it with a certain means of intent and understanding um 
And so I always laugh at, forget just my relationship. Um, during that period of time, I was the most focused that I was because um, I, the primitive aspect of, of, of temptation, it can be extremely distracting. Um, and even, I don't even know if he's, he's a good example. I can't think of the dude. Um, he's like a, I guess like an influence, whatever the case. And he was talking about, um, like strength that you gain from withholding from, so just extended periods of, of celibacy. And I can say that honestly, during that period of time, like I was the most focused, clear-minded, I, you know, was the most ambitious and it never made me question the nature of, um, my relationship. And even when it came down to the amount of time it was, yeah, it was attached to us getting married and we had been invested within our relationship for about, I mean, we'd been together for like three years at the time. Um, and we hadn't officially gotten married until uh the i propose our fifth year of of being together fifth Mm -hmm. or sixth Mm -hmm. um so i mean over a three-year span like you it you don't think about it as much anymore it's 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 secondary and but what i do think it makes you um strengthen your relationship because now you have to understand what intimacy is um intimacy outside of intercourse where you you still um you know you still have to make your your partner feel like they're sexy you still have to um maintain yourself the the level of attractiveness um I, i don't think the physical aspect of desire dies down but it actually grows because now um it's like you know waiting for the 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 ending to a great movie that that's like you know a, a suspenseful drama like once you <laughs> get to that point it's like okay like this was well worth the wait um and then i think it makes you more present in the moment when you're within the act because now you're like relearning each other's bodies um you can take it to another level so i think to answer your question I, it, it it added something to it um to where you have to learn your partner outside of just the physical realm of things um which i think involves more emotional and mental investment outside of the physical if that makes sense that makes a lot of sense you just made celibacy sound very attractive i don't feel like i have um heard it explained in that way I think the reference to like it being almost like the buildup of a of a movie, um, I think it, it it makes it it's like layman terms. It's like I get it when you say it that way, especially when I think about when you said worth the wait. So many Christian influencers that are like couples have titled themselves like worth the wait or something of that nature, and it just at some point for me became cliche because I'm like, I need to know more because you guys are just presenting it as if it's super perfect or you're half stepping, half stepping the word because it's like, okay, yes, you're being celibate, but then you're also like living together and there's like a thing, the back in the day shacking up and stuff like that. And I appreciate you for kind of like getting very real with us to like, you know, in the way that is like, 
it added stuff to your marriage. So when you think that, when you think of it as it being an addition, I think it makes it more easier to digest. Um, and I know that may sound funky for some people because we all quote unquote supposed to be like these perfect human beings. Um, but I definitely appreciate you for doing that, for saying that. The next thing that I want to say, ask is you said there were ways that you had to find, you had to make your partner feel sexy without the intercourse part. How? Like, how, how do you, especially when you're like, you were physically, like, you know, you, pra you were intimate before that physically. So now how are you doing that? Like, what are the, what are the steps <laughs> for a brother and sister out there? I think um, <laughs> I want to backtrack to a point that you made that is is a major factor of my wife and I's relationship. Um, even a standard that that she set. Um, number one, I I want to debunk the notion of the fallacy of of striving for perfection, because um, I think that's where a lot of us. Um, you know, kind of go astray in our journeys, whether um, it's to a higher spiritual understanding to um, it's, you know, the biblical sense of, of our Christianity. Um, I, I want to get away from that. That's kind of how I'm trying to verbalize this to where it's easy, easily ingestible. But with that being said, a lot of people, I think our generation now has this misconception of what a relationship is supposed to look like to even where we've, um, we've, we've looked down on the, the process of dating, which should be a selection process, right? So you should date multiple people um, to an extent in order to learn what you do or don't like, or even who you are as a person within that relationship. But um, I think what, what made things easier for us is that, that wasn't just one of the boundaries that we've had and within that process like we didn't live together um you know even if i was to go you know if you stand at a mother's and i was to go at a mother's house like we didn't sleep in the same bed like we pack we practice a lot of discipline acts across the board that made that process easier um, so your question about how do you maintain intimacy is realizing that intimacy is not just tied to intercourse. Like intimacy is, um, you know, mental, emotional, um, as well as physical. Um, so, you know, whether it's affirmations, whether it's acknowledgement, whether it's, um, you know, a simple touch or slightest touch or, um, you know, subtleties to let a person know that you're still interested um, and interested in beyond just what they have to offer between their legs. Um, there's no complex science of brilliance that comes with that. Um, I think just people are too effing lazy to put in the work, um, which is necessary to maintain a relationship in general. Forget celibacy. Like a lot of us don't want to put in um, a proper investment for fear of wasting time, heartache, um, we only want all the bright and shiny things of a relationship and not all the things in between to maintain, keep it and move forward. Um, and so, you know, that is understanding your partner, learning your partner, learning yourself, um, communicating your likes, dislikes, wants, um, you know, and constantly dating your partner. My wife is, is, is on that now. So even we try to be creative where we have date nights on Fridays and play video games or go out to dinner. <laughs> 
Um, now I have this thing where, you know, every holiday I buy multiple cards um, and put thought into the card. Before that, you know, I was adamant about writing things in cards. Um, and a lot of it is, is the effort. Effort is, is, is and it was, it's crazy. I, I recorded a message today that um, people put too much half behind efforts into things, but they want full returns. And I think that's so prevalent when it comes to relationships is that um, no one ever wants to put in more than the other person for fear of looking stupid, dumb. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of glad that I'm not dating this era of, of, of social media side of 30s. People are lazy. Let's keep it a stack. People are lazy. Um, as soon as things feel uncomfortable, as soon as things don't feel right, um, everybody's toxic. We got to check the deuces and we got to keep moving. And this is why I think there's a lot of broken people um, out there, you know, trying to find external means to fill internal voids. And I, I feel I, I took a left there, but I, I feel like you kind of see where I'm going with that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, of, of self-reflection and understanding in that so like you mentioned about me being certain that i could marry this person is because i simplified it for myself um where first i realized that there's not anything that i need in any other person other than her um and then my, my stepmother uh, uh she gave me advice one time and she was like if it's not infidelity if it's not physical abuse if she's not smoking crack then what's the issue and i'm like <laughs> energy energy <laughs> you're saying like it, it i you never look at it from that realm and you know I, i'm my um my my father and stepmother have definitely been together for double digit years i think almost certain like 20 um so they have you know a lot of skin in the game and so they have a lot of insight and, and understanding and then even now if you think about um you know, recently there's been people within our generation saying, well, like, well, it's different um, about our generation than like our grandparents or our great grandparents. Um, but I think it's the simple aspect of commitment. When you're committed to a person, you accept all that comes with, um, as long as it's a lie and it doesn't, you know, cross your boundaries of, of red flags or do's or don'ts. Um, and, and hopefully, I think I answered your question. <laughs> Yeah, you more than answer my question. And I and I just want to like highlight the the last part because I know a lot of people may have scrunched up their face when you said commitment because immediately when you said it for myself, I'm like, yeah, but not if they um beating me up and you literally cleared it up right away when you said within the confines of the boundaries you have set for yourself. So I think that's also something that's important to recognize when we're in marriages, when we're in relationships, when we're even in friendships, like outside of, like we literally have to look at all the relationships that we have with our parents, with our family members, and literally like it's about commitment across lines because like you said, social media now, the biggest thing is like, sis take care of yourself it's okay to like you know isolate yourself and what we're doing is we're pushing ourselves into like deep depression and isolation because you're going to be by yourself like and yes god is there and prayer is there but he provided people for a reason as well when adam was out there by himself what he did he bought him a mate like we're not meant to be in this world by ourselves in the Holy Spirit. No, like he can't come down in physical form. He brought the people here for us to 
do the do the work. Um, and that's also to your point about being lazy. Like there's work that goes into everything. There's work that goes into your relationship with your spouse, just like there's work that goes into your relationship with God. Like, and I, I appreciate you for like, kind of like bringing things full circle. And before like I close out, I have one more, um, topic that I want to address. What can, can, before you go on that, there's, there's a point of emphasis that I, I kind of want to challenge you on just a bit before you move on. Okay. I'm ready for the challenge, I think. And so, because in the context of COVID, um, yes, the Lord will provide you, provide you a mate when you are both ready and deserving, but I disagree with the concept that you're not supposed to have periods of being alone. If, if you want to look at it from a biblical standpoint, you know how you and I go where I'm the imperfect mm-hmm, sinner. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on my journey. So I'll let you fill in the blanks when it comes to scripture to stand a third. Mine is always Romans eight twenty eight. all things, both good and the bad work for the better of those believe in Christ, their Lord. Mm-hmm. We are, are still in the process of a global pandemic where it literally made us go sit our ass in a corner and think about it. I just, I just want you to, to, to like let, let that sit in your spirit. And what is happening is you're realizing that a lot of people are not comfortable with themselves. And why I bring that to a point of emphasis is because you may have a, a need an extended period of self-discovery before you are both capable and ready and deserving of the mate that, you're, that the Lord has for you. Because what happens is, is you have serial daters that are, are fearful of being by themselves. And, you know, yes, as a mental health professional, long periods of, of isolation can cause, you know, a lot of mental disparities or um, exacerbates ones that are pre-existing. But if you're constantly looking for external validation to fill internal voids, then something is wrong with you and you're not ready for a relationship. Did you catch that? Woo! You stepping on some toes. <laughs> but because <sighs> even in the commitment process of a relationship, one of the things you're going to have to accept is that everybody makes somebody better for somebody else. It happens. It's the process of dating. So... Oh, you know, now, and also you need to have better understanding of when to step away, which is is another discussion. But in that commitment, one of the things you have to accept is that it, it, it may not work. It may not be the right time. We may not be aligned. The thought of celibacy, that person is not mature enough um, to deal with that. And they might be saving you um, some grief by saying, you know what, I don't have as much control over my flesh as I would like to, to make that level of commitment to you. So therefore I cannot do it. And it's accepting all of those things. And then when you're truly ready, you won't have to look cause they'll show up. <laughs> I laughed the fact cause when I, the, the day that I met my wife and I told this the other day, I, I was, I was just getting kind of quote unquote, getting back out there. I was living in young cause at the time I was on my way to Brooklyn and I told my little brother, I said, yo, I think I need a shorty with a shortcut to match the baldy. And, <laughs> and the day I went to a house party to my homegirls and throughout the entire night, they showed up late towards the end of the party and in walks in, slim thing with the recent big chop. 
And I was like, wow, like I spoke it into existence and the rest is history. And so does it sound like divine intervention? Like, you know me, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's some high, high and mighty, but I, I've realized that on that day, the Lord blessed me what he felt like I was deserving. And I had to work for it for up to five years to get to where I'm at right now. So you understand the level of commitment that that takes for you to be that confident in what's given to you. And I can promise you, it's not easy. It's not meant to be. Um, but I, I just wanted to stop you on that point because I think we really need to stop looking at loneliness as such a bad thing or being by ourselves, forget loneliness, but being by ourselves as such a bad thing, but a, a, a necessary prerequisite to um, be you know, as good as we want to be for said person. I, I totally agree with you. I agree with everything you said. I don't feel challenged at all. I just feel like that was like a over, maybe an oversight, but you, you filled in the blank on the, on the importance of being alone. And also in the Bible, it does, Paul was a person who was like, listen, sometimes you're going to have to be single in order to do the things that God has called you to be. And you just have to accept that reality and lean into God the most in those times to figure out where you need to be. You may be destined to be a wife, God. You may be destined to be a husband, but you also may be destined to be alone because that is when you will be most productive. And that's a hard pill to swallow. But in reality, there are people in this world that are completely fine with not being attached to someone intimately and they have their village that they create. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that aspect. And I think it's dope that you kind of like spoke your wife into your life. Thank you, thank you. Wow. Okay, well, this was definitely um, full. For those of y'all who are listening, if y'all like me, I hope that your notepad is full of some some keys. I'm gonna let... Uh, Johnny, close us out. Tell us where we can find him and his business and his practice. For my Black males out there, listen, he is a good connect. Get your mental health together. He has some good keys. So I'm going to go ahead and stop speaking and allow him to uh, let you know where you can find him. Um, I mean, the easiest way to find me, you can find me. Um, I'm the Elevated Genius. That's my um, my, my Instagram or you can find my business page at Elevated Genius Solutions. Um, you can search my website, ElevatedGeniusSolutions.com. Um, or you can catch me every now and again, Elevate or Elevated Genius on, on Clubhouse when I'm in somebody's room trying to, you know, network and drop some bars. And that's, that's where you can find me. And if you're in Atlanta area, I'm providing, you know, therapeutic services, um, teen, adolescents, young adults and adults. Um, that's looking to elevate their genius through mental, emotional well-being. And if you are looking for, you know, therapeutic life coaching, I provide that service as well. And again, you can look me up at ElevateGeniusSolutions.com. All right, y'all. So if you didn't hear it, I want you to take your little pretty finger and drag it back and hear him repeat it because I'm not going to make him repeat it right now. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Safe, Sanctified, and Still Trying to Get It Together. And remember, we are getting it together with y'all. Peace. God is good. God is good.